from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is officially Sunday out here in the Pacific time zone, which means that everyone in the continental 48 states has a Sunday, and that means we're going to be going hard and heavy when it comes to taking a look at the NFL betting board for this week eight. So it is going to be absolutely tremendous there. And what else is absolutely tremendous is that. We've got pretty much all sports in progress at this point. The NBA has started up. You've got the NHL. Andy McNeil has been doing a terrific job here with Visa in the first couple weeks of the season. So got to give him a little bit of a shout out. I know that so many folks over here at Visa for the action that we wound up seeing on Saturday in college football wound up doing an amazing job as well. And we're going to have you covered wall to wall when it comes to the NFL. I'm also going to get you caught up in the final segment as to what I'm going to be sending out for the New York Post when it comes to World Series Game 5 as well. So we've got mostly football. Always have to sprinkle in that little bit of a New York Post pick because I know that many of you guys ask me about that. So I've got you guys all covered there. And I've got you covered on a game that I was mentioning a little bit earlier. We're going to be taking a look at this one when it comes to the early time slot. This is going to be 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Rams on the road taking on the Houston Texans. There was a little bit of speculation that we might wind up getting Tyrod Taylor for the Houston Texans. Well, that is going to be a no, as even though he was able to practice, we are not going to be getting Tyrod Taylor. It is going to be Davis Mills instead. And as a result, the Rams, who wound up opening up in a lot of places, a little bit above a two-touchdown favorite, they've been bet up a tad bit more. You're finding them anywhere between about a 16 to a 16 and a half point favorite. Your total on this game is anywhere between 46 and a half and 47. And when it came to the volatility, when it comes to 
highest scoring and lowest scoring games I was talking about a little bit earlier with regards to the props. You found that this one was appearing towards the top of both of the lists, and I think that it is rightfully so because you've got a Houston Texans team in which they're going to have a tough time scoring, and you've got a Rams team that I think that they're going to be scoring all over the place. As a result, I do think that there's quite a bit of value here on the Rams, even though it's a FD number, even though it is on the road, a little bit of a body clock game. There's just no way I could take a look at the Houston Texans at this point. This is a bunch in which they've sold away all their pieces, and pretty much they got absolutely nothing for them. I mean, the Mark Ingram trade netted them a seventh-round pick in the 2024 draft. I'm not saying that Mark Ingram was worth necessarily like a first-round pick or anything like that, but he couldn't do any better than a seventh-round pick in 2024. I mean, it's just a incompetent organization, to say the least. Now, they have been dealing with a lot, obviously. The Deshaun Watson ordeal was something that nobody wound up seeing coming in. With the Rams, they are going to be without Deshaun Jackson, who apparently has been requesting a trade. I don't necessarily know who might be wanting Deshaun Jackson at this point. He's a little bit long in the tooth. He's always been a little bit of a wide receiver that's been a little bit of a burner. He's gotten up in years, so he doesn't necessarily have as much speed as he used to, so he's not necessarily a guy that you're going to be looking at as a possession wide receiver, and I think he might just be a little bit jealous because Cooper Cup is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I mean, let's call it what it is. 800 yards already receiving, nine touchdowns. He has been absolutely tremendous, and we were all wondering what we were going to be able to get out of Matthew Stafford now that he's playing on an actual team, and thus far, very, very good for Mr. Matthew Stafford. He is completing right in the neighborhood of about 69.5% of his passes, 90 touchdowns, four picks, certainly not going to be a very versatile threat on the ground, and this is a team in which they have been a little bit hampered with that regard. I know that Sony Michelle has been dealing with some injury concerns. Seems like he should be good to go in this one after he wound up having just two carries in the win against the Detroit Lions last week, but you've got just a full complement of pieces and you just take a look at the Houston Texans in general. They did have Whitney Merciless, giving them a little bit of something on the defensive side of things. He has now been pretty much shipped off to Green Bay as well. So you take a look at the way that the Texans are going to have to attack this game. And the only way that they wind up hanging in the number, in my opinion, is if they try to make it as ugly as possible. And I will say, for about a quarter and a half, they were able to do so last week against the Arizona Cardinals. They were able to get a safety. They were up at one point, I believe, 5-0. to zero, And then the floodgates wound up opening because the Arizona Cardinals wound up remembering how to play football. This is just a Houston Texans team that, in general, you don't have a lot going for them. David Johnson is right now carrying the mail at the halfback spot. And he hasn't necessarily been seen a lot because this is a team in which they get down so much that they, can't establish, they cannot establish a running game with guys like Johnson, with guys like Philip Lindsay. They've been hit by injuries when it comes to the offensive line, Marcus Cannon, Justin Britt, and Laramie Dunsell are all of the fold. And that's on top of not having Tyrod Taylor, Deshaun Watson, all of the quarterbacks. You take a look at the defensive side of things. You're without Vincent Taylor now as well. And I think that the towel boy wound up breaking his arm as well. So, I mean, it's just one of these cases in which I feel like the Rams should be able to win this game and they should be able to cover this game relatively easily. I just want no part of the total because... I mean, this could be a case of which you wind up seeing, much like we wound up seeing two weeks ago with the Jets giving up a 50-burger to the New England Patriots, then you wind up getting that. At the same time, I could easily see this being like a 27-3 game because the Rams, they've got Aaron Donald up front end. What I do notice about the LA Rams is that they're sort of like some of these starting pitchers in which they wind up giving up like a run or two in the first inning. We see it look like Max Scherzer all the time to use a little bit of a starting pitcher reference 
in which he gives up a run in the first or second inning, and then he settles down from there. That's the Rams. They seem to give up some points in the first drive or two that teams wind up getting, and then from there they wind up buckling down. They figure it out, and I've really been taking a look at things that way as well. We are dealing with a couple guys that are a little bit banged up in the secondary as well. Jalen Ramsey, I know, has been dealing with a little bit of an injury, but by and large, this is a team that they should be on top of their game. So I take a look at this, and I really love the Rams being able to win this game and win this game convincingly. Just don't necessarily want a lot from the total because this could easily be a game in which you wind up getting a whole bunch of points, and this could easily be a game in which it just winds up being sort of like a 24-3 dud that doesn't wind up providing a lot of intrigue in general. Something else that is going to be very intriguing, that would be the matchup that we're seeing between these two NFC South teams. You've got the Carolina Panthers on the road facing off against the Atlanta Falcons, two teams that... I am quite sour on right now, and right now you've got the Atlanta Falcons finding themselves as a three-point favorite, and your total on this game, it is ranging between 46 and 46 and a half, seeing right now the 46 out there at DraftKings, and it's just a case in which the Carolina Panthers, I think it can now be said that they were frauds at the beginning part of the season. Sam Darnold was looking very solid when he had the benefit of having Christian McCaffrey with him. And Chuba Hubbard has actually been able to do a relatively solid job last week. He was just taken out of the game plan in general because the Carolina Panthers wound up getting down so big to the New York Giants, and he wasn't generating much in general, so that was a little bit of an issue. But I just cannot bring myself to bringing, to be betting on the Atlanta Falcons in this spot because, I mean, at the absolute best, they wind up getting a game-winning drive, and they wind up pushing on this game, but I take a look at the Falcons in general, and you just don't necessarily have a lot of weapons with this team. At this point, Cordero Patterson has become the number one running back for them, and he's been a nice little find for them, but I think that defenses are going to wind up starting to figure him out a little bit as well, and it has taken him a long time to be able to emerge here in the NFL, so give him a little bit of a shout-out for not giving up on things, but Calvin Ridley has been able to do a good job outside, and I will give a little bit of a plug here to Mr. Kyle Pitts. He's been able to do a nice job these last few weeks. Going across the pond seemed to have really done him some good the last two weeks, 16 catches, over 100 yards in both of those games. So things are getting figured out with him, but you take a look at Matt Ryan at this point of his career. He's just a complete and artist statue. Hasn't necessarily turned the ball over a lot. you got to give him some credit, only one interception in the last four games, but just not a guy that really excites me to be able to bet on him. Meanwhile, you take a look at the flip side and what you might be able to get out of the Panthers. And DJ Moore, I feel like, is one of the more underrated wide receivers in the NFL. Has been able to do a great job of being really the safety blanket and the go-getter for this Panthers team. Robbie Anderson has a nice little report with Sam Darnold. And I do feel like the Panthers were have been exposed a little bit recently. And I don't like their outlook moving forward when it comes to them, whenever Sam Darnold is under center, you wound up seeing it towards the back half of their game last week, in which P.J. Walker wound up coming in to relieve him. But I take a look at that, and I think it might wind up firing up Sam Darnold a little bit. I think that Matt Rule knows what the heck he is doing as a coach, so that is something that you're able to rely upon. And something else with the Panthers as well is that I do feel like they're relatively solid when it comes to them in defense in general. Son Riddick is someone that I've always thought very highly of. You take a look at the guys out there in the secondary, someone like a Sean Chandler has been able to do a good job of being able to lock down. And this is a Panthers defense in which the defense, it's going to be there. I think that they're going to be able to do a good job of being able to keep Kyle Pitts in front of them. Now, I do think that Pitts is really going to start to emerge here in the next couple of weeks. But 
I think that the Panthers have a good job of being able to keep this one at bay. This is probably going to be one in which I would be taking a look at the points. Oftentimes, when I see a field goal or less, I try to see if there's going to be an opportunity for the money line. I don't necessarily see it here because you've got one team that I'm sour on, and you got another team that I'm sour on. It's just one of those cases in which I wish that both of these teams could just score zero points and then we could call it a day. But what I'd like a little bit more here rather than the side is more of the total at 46 or 46 and a half. I just don't know if either of these offenses are going to be able to generate too much because with the Falcons, they do have some of their deficiencies on defense, but they aren't necessarily too bad themselves. They have invested quite a bit with regards to draft picks into being able to fortify that a little bit. I do like the fact that you really don't have any injuries aside from just a lot of the guys that have been out in general, like Adante Fowler and company. So they've been playing through these injuries quite a bit. Someone like a Grady Jarrett has been able to do a nice job in that front seven. So I take a look at this spot, and I do think that it's a good spot to be able to take a look at in under here. And you just notice it in the NFL in general. With the Thursday night football game taken into account, we have seen a little bit over 56% of NFL games wind up going under the total. It's really a theme that we've seen across all sports in the NBA. Right around 60% of those games are going under. The NHL has a nice undertrend going. College football, right around 54% of those games have been going under as well. So at this point, when it comes to the NFL, I continue to gravitate towards unders until I see any sort of regression to that. But what else I'm going to be taking a look at? A nice battle that we're going to be having between two AFC powers that is going to be coming up in the early window. We're going to be talking about that game and so much more next right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network, as you're buckled in for the Greg Peterson Experience. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. 
This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. news for our Colorado-based VEASAN fans. We have partnered with Altitude Sports Radio and starting Monday, November 1st, all of your favorite VEASAN shows including this one can be heard on Altitude Radio, 9.50 a.m. in Denver. We are extremely excited about this partnership that brings VEASAN to a great sports city with a growing audience of sports bettors. Tune in to hear all VEASAN shows live on Altitude Radio, 9.50 a.m. in Denver Starting on Monday, as we're back here in Las Vegas, it is a Greg Peterson experience. We're out here from Circa. Right now, the sportsbook behind me, well, it's pretty empty. In a few hours, it is going to be super packed here on the Vegas Sets and Information Network, the Sports Betting Network. We're going to have you covered wall-to-wall with all these great games. We're going to be taking a look at every one of them, recapping them, previewing them. So we've got you covered in all facets there. And we've got to take a look at a battle that is going to have some big implications out there in the AFC. You've got the Cleveland Browns, and they're going to be facing off against the Pittsburgh Steelers. A little bit more of a rivalry now that the Browns have been so much more competitive, and you're seeing the Browns being able to get a little bit of the betting attention. There was obviously a lot of question as to whether or not Baker Mayfield was going to be able to play in this one. By all implications, it looks like it's going to be. I'd be surprised if not. There was apparently medical clearance according to Ian Rappaport a couple days ago, for him to be able to go in this game, and that seems to be the way that this is trending. But, I mean, even if it would have been, even if it would have been Baker Mayfield being out of the fold and you wind up instead having to go to the gentleman that was just so good for the Minnesota Vikings in Case Keenum a few years ago, I would still like the Cleveland Browns in this spot. Now with Cleveland, what you also want to know, because I feel like the bigger injury in this one was actually Nick Chubb. He is going to be a full go as well, which I think that that's absolutely massive. When Nick Chubb is fully healthy, he is one of the most explosive running backs in the NFL. I feel that way about Dalvin Cook as well. And you take a look at the Browns and what he's been able to do, and he has been absolutely terrific whenever he's been out there on the field. In the last three games that he's actually played in, 95-plus yards, in three of them, so he's been able to do a rock-solid job averaging nearly six yards per carry. He just takes the pressure off of whether it be Case Keenum, whether it be Baker Mayfield, just the entire offense in general. This is a team that's set up with a very good offensive line, but what I do think is going to be intriguing here is a little bit of an under because we have seen it with Baker Mayfield. Whenever Odell Beckham Jr. has been out there on the field, he hasn't necessarily utilized him to the best of his abilities. Now, he is questionable for this game, so obviously you want to be taking a look at that, but even if Odell winds up playing in this game, 
I don't expect necessarily a lot out of him. I think the bigger deal is the fact that Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to be out of this one. With Donovan Peoples-Jones, he wound up having that long 57-yard touchdown in the game against the Arizona Cardinals. So that is going to be hampering this team a little bit. But I do take a look at the Cleveland defense. I think that they're going to be able to bear down against a Steelers offensive line. But let's face it, one of the worst out there in the NFL now. You've been able to get a little bit more out of Najee Harris in recent weeks. He wound up having a really rough start to the year. They've been able to get him out there. He's been able to find some more holes to run through. So that has been beneficial for the Steelers. And you've obviously got a guy in Chase Claypool that is able to just run and he's able to get the ball. He's able to do a nice job of being able to aid Ben Roethlisberger. But you just take a look at it. And Roethlisberger is a guy that he has aged not so kindly here recently. He's not necessarily committing a lot of mistakes, but you can tell that even when he winds up getting time, he's just not the same passer that he used to be because we all talk about mobility leaving these guys, and it no doubt has for Roethlisberger, but just the ability to be able to air the ball out down the field has been eluding him a little bit as well. So I just think that that's going to be a big, giant issue for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. Now with the Steelers, you still have a relatively song. You have a relatively solid defense as well, but you're dealing with a couple of injuries along that front seven. Melvin Ingram continues to be out as well, so that is something that is certainly hurting them. Now Cameron Sutton, Minka Fitzpatrick, all these guys in the secondary, I think are going to be able to do a solid job. So take a look in this spot, and I think that's going to be really tough for either team to necessarily get a lot of points. I do favor the Cleveland Browns here, though, just because I think that they're going to be able to get Nick Chubb to be able to get out there in space. He's going to be able to make those explosive plays. They're going to be able to allow the Browns to be able to get it done. But I think that this is going to be a low-scoring slog. We wound up seeing this total open up in a lot of places at 45. You're now seeing it anywhere between 43 and 42 and a half. And I totally agree with the move. And even at the little bit of a diminished number, I still like this total under. So that's where I take a look in this one. I think that the Browns are going to be able to get it done. I think that Baker Mayfield... Probably not going to be as effective as he might be without the injury, but I still think that he's going to be fine because he's going to have the guy that he really needs to be able to take the pressure off of him in Nick Chubb. This is a game in which I think that there's going to be a lot of pressure on both sides for a backup quarterback and for a coach. As you've got the Seattle Seahawks, they're playing most the Jacksonville Jaguars with Jacksonville. You're finding them anywhere between a three and a half to a four point underdog. Your total anywhere between 44 and 44 and a half in. I take a look at Geno Smith, and I don't necessarily hate what I've seen out of him. Now, he's certainly no Russell Wilson. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. And I still remember when Geno Smith was coming out in the draft, which it feels like it was about 500 years ago at this point, in which you were having John Gruden on screaming Spider 2 wide banana and everything like that before he wound up taking the Raiders job. I know that he was eyeing Geno Smith and everything like that. So you wound up having just a lot in general there, but you take a look at Geno Smith, and in the games that he's played in, he's looked relatively solid. Now, the game that he wanted playing against the New Orleans Saints, you could sort of throw some of those efficiency numbers out the window, because that game was just a complete and utter monsoon, so I think that that is one in which you can't necessarily have a lot of takeaways with, but I mean, this is a guy that's got three touchdowns to an interception and his two-plus weeks that he's wound up playing in hasn't necessarily got the world's greatest completion percentage, but if you take that monsoon game out of the fold, he's actually been relatively solid. Now, what I think is bigger for the Seattle Seahawks is the fact that you just haven't been able to get a ton on the ground in general. Alex Collins has been dealing with a little bit of an injury. Rashad Penny just perennially is injured, so even when you wind up getting him at 100%, it's just a matter of time before he winds breaking down a little bit, so that's been a bit of an issue, but... 
The good news is they're facing off against the Jacksonville Jaguars team, in which you can tell that their coach is right now there for the paycheck and the paycheck only. He's probably going to be getting a call from Southern California relatively soon, and, well, I think that we could wind up seeing a one-and-done coach, and he should be a one-and-done coach because he has done a terrible job with a Jaguars team that if you're looking on United States soil, has not won in over 400 days now. They wind up getting that win across the pond, but... I take a look at this Jaguars team, and there's just no backing them at this point. The defense is rudderless. The offense with Lawrence leading it has just been inefficient, and that's about as politely as I could put it. Seven touchdowns at eight interceptions. He just has not been able to translate well to the NFL, and I don't think that that's necessarily his fault because he's getting really bad coaching right now. He's got a couple weapons that are able to help him out. LaVisca Chenault is someone I do like. Marvin Jones Jr., I've always felt like, was a little bit of an underrated wide receiver. But also keep in mind, Travis Etienne was someone that they were trying to pair up with him because they were such a prolific duo when they were at Clemson together. He winds up going down on IR. He's not going to be playing this year, but James Robinson has been able to pick it up for this team as well, averaging right around 5.5 yards per carry. I actually do like what I've seen out of him, but when it comes to this Jacksonville Jaguars defense, I think that they're actually going to get gashed a little bit by Geno Smith because you just take a look at the guys in the secondary, you just don't have anyone whatsoever that's able to hold up at the point of attack other than Shaquille Griffin. And, well, he's only one guy, so it's not necessarily what you'd like to see there. I don't think that they're going to be able to get too much of a pass rush in general. I take a look at the spot, and I actually do think that it's a good situation to be able to take it over with just because this is a Seattle Seahawks defense. That, let's face it. Long gone are the days of the Legion of Boom. Their secondary has been a little bit lacking as well. It does feel like the Jaguars are doing a tad bit better on offense. So if I look at anything in this spot when it comes to the total, it is over. But I mean, this is just a fade the Jacksonville Jaguars team until either A, further notice, or B, we wind up seeing the bookmakers wind up adjusting this. Because I feel like this is a game in which the Seattle Seahawks should be much more than the three and a half to four point favorites that we are seeing them at right now. So I think that you've just got a spot in which the Jacksonville Jaguars, they aren't being faded enough. I think that their numbers should be closer to this team, the Detroit Lions, who are going to be playing host to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles, you're finding them as a three and a half point favorite on the road, and you're finding the total stiffed a little bit. It started out at 49 and a half. You're now finding it in most spots at a 48. And I can tell you this for the Detroit Lions, they've got as many straight up wins as myself. And and it's not a place where you want to be, but if you've been betting on them against the spread, they have been 4-3. and three. They've been able to provide some very good fight, and I do think that this makes this Lions spot a little bit appealing. I think that this could be a good situation for them to be able to get their first win as well. I just take a look at Nick Sirianni, and I think that this is a coaching, coaching mismatch. Sirianni is a guy that I just really don't know what he's doing with Jalen Hurts in general. Meanwhile, you could say all that you want about Campbell over there with the Detroit Lions, but... He gets his guys to play hard. He clearly cares about this organization. He clearly is doing everything humanly possible to try to put these guys in the best situation humanly possible. And the guys give them give them a little bit of effort every single week. We saw it in week one against the 49ers. The team was way down. They continued to fight in that game. They were able to claw out a cover for you. They wind up losing two games on walk-off field goals. The Ravens wind up setting a record with Justin Tucker. And the Minnesota Vikings, for once in their lives, were able to make a field goal at the gun. We're going to be talking a little bit more about this game on the other side. Also, we haven't hit upon a lot of the afternoon games. They're going to be going down on Sunday. So we're going to be talking about that next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. 
Magazine, Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bets emails, betting splits with where the money and ticket percentages are for every single game, plus full access to vcin.com data and analysis. You get everything vcin has to offer for just $22 a month, so sign up now, vsin.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience, taking a look at everything that we've got going on on what is going to be a jam-packed day of the NFL. We're going to have you covered wall to wall. It starts off with Point Spread Sunday, Sunday with Femi Obabefe and company. They're going to have you taken for a few hours, and then you've got betting across America, the Green Zone. Then once all the games are done, John Von Tobel and Matt Humans have you covered on the opening line show. So you got a little bit of everything going on. Glad that I could get things a little bit warmed up. Also going to give you guys a little bit of a play on World Series Game 5 as well. I wind up doing an MLB play every single day over there at the New York Post. So going to give you guys a little bit of insight there before we wind up getting out of here. But we've got to get out of the funk of the Detroit Lions being winless. In my opinion, I think that they're in a very good spot. I was mentioning a little bit earlier before the break that I feel like they've got a bit of a coaching advantage because Nick Sirianni not necessarily doing the world's greatest job. And this is a Lions team that I think that they're relatively pesky. I do think that they need to dedicate a little bit more to being able to move the ball on the ground because I do notice it a little bit with Matt Campbell-based teams that they have been airing it out a little bit too much. Now, I do think that Jared Goff is a relatively solid quarterback as well. I think that he winds up getting just a little bit more shade than he winds up deserving. Is Jared Goff necessarily like a top 10 quarterback or anything like that? Absolutely not. But at the same time, compared to what he's been provided with here in Detroit, I think that he's actually doing a relatively okay job. The pair of interceptions they wound up having against the Rams, that was not necessarily what you wanted to see. But I mean, at the same time, it is the Rams defense. And what I think is going to be really intriguing is what you're going to be able to get out of DeAndre Swift along Jamal Williams as both of these guys have been dealing with some injuries. I know that Williams is currently listed as questionable. And even when DeAndre Swift has been playing, he hasn't necessarily been at full strength as well. But this is a Lions team in which even with Taylor Decker and Frank Ragno on injured reserve, they've been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to hold up along the offensive line. And then you take a look at this. Philadelphia Eagles team in general, and they're just in such disarray right now, and I would honestly have a little bit more faith in the Lions being able to have a big offensive performance rather than the Philadelphia Eagles, because it just feels like week in and week out, you have no idea what to be able to expect out of Jalen Hurts at this point. With Hurts, he has been able to put up some relatively solid passing numbers, but he's not necessarily efficient in putting up those numbers. He's sort of like, to use an NBA term, like a Carmelo Anthony, in which you wind up having him be able to put up some nice numbers at the end of the day. It's like, all right, he did a solid job for my fantasy team, but it's like he got 23 points on, looks down, oh, 28 shots. That's what it feels like right now with Jalen Hurts, and they've got no sort of a running game whatsoever. Boston Scott is someone that I feel like is honestly a little bit underutilized. He's someone that wound up actually getting a touchdown in the game last week. I think that he's probably coming off of a little bit of an injury or something because I still remember a few years ago, he was able to give this team a little bit of something last year. It was relatively solid. They just haven't went to him much this year. So hopefully that touchdown that he wound up getting against the Raiders maybe warrants him being able to get a little bit more attention because I just don't know what Nick Sirianni is necessarily doing with a lot of these weapons. It's been very befuddling and confusing. 
to say the least. And it's a spot in which the Lions have been very close in a lot of these games. I think that they get it done here. I don't even think that you wind up needing the points in this spot. I take a look at them on the money line as being able to provide a little bit of value. Something else there's a little bit of value in. Taking a look at what is going to be a big one in the NFC South. We've been talking a lot about the early slate games. Got to give a little bit of love to this one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers go on the road to face off against the New Orleans Saints with the Saints. You're finding them anywhere between a four and a half to a five point underdog. Where I'm doing the show right now from Circa, they've got the lone four that I'm seeing right now, and your total is ranging between a 48 and a half. Seems even as high as some 49 and a half, but you're seeing market wide a lot of 48 and a half at this point. But I do think that there's some value here with the points with the Saints. I Cannot get there on them being able to pull this one off outright, but I feel like this is going to be a classic sort of a field goal type of game, and you just notice it with a lot of Tom Brady-based teams. They always hit their peak in December and January, but typically early on in the year, they'll typically be a there will be a hiccup or two. I just still remember when Bill Belichick many years ago was saying we're on to Cincinnati after they wound up having a little bit of a bad loss there, and has been a little bit of a hallmark of some of these teams that with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have, in my opinion, a very good defense that hasn't necessarily meshed together. They've been getting a little bit better as the weeks have been going along with Jason Pierre-Paul along with Levante David. Both of these guys have been a little bit banged up. The secondary in general, it's been a little bit of a hot mess, which is why you wound up seeing Richard Sherman brought in a few weeks ago, and he's been a little bit banged up himself. Now, it looks like you're not going to have Antonio Brown in this game as well for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It doesn't do a whole lot for me, but... Now you're probably going to see a little bit more of Tyler Johnson because Scotty Miller wound up going out before the season even wound up starting. Johnson hasn't necessarily received a lot of burn, wound up getting a couple targets in that game against the Chicago Bears, but I do think that he's probably going to need to be a little bit more utilized. And take a look at this Saints defense, and I do think that they're going to be able to do a solid job at the point of attack. This is not your father's New Orleans Saints team. They are much more defense-oriented. This is not a team that they're looking for their quarterback, which used to be Drew Brees, to air it out and give you 5,000 yards anymore. Now it's been about Jameis Winston doing a good job of actually taking care of the ball. You take a look at the Saints' defense. They're allowing just under 17 points per game. They've been able to do a nice job there. And with Winston, it's been just a complete 180 for this guy. He's got one interception thrown in his last four weeks. I still remember two years ago when this guy was a part of the 30-30 club. 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. He just has been as to simplify it a little bit more. The completion percentage, you tell it's still not there, but he's not making the cataclysmically bad mistakes. He's instead having a couple too many incompletions, which you're able to live with that a whole lot more now. I don't know what you're going to be able to get out of Mark Ingram. They wound up acquiring him from the Houston Texans, obviously. Someone that has a lot of experience with the New Orleans Saints in general, but... I don't think that he's necessarily going to be able to give you that much of a boost, but I do think that the ground game is an advantage that the Saints wind up having. Alvin Kamara able to do just a little bit of everything. Quickest player ever to 3,000 all-purpose yards, both on the ground and with receiving, so he has been able to do a nice job of being a nice dual threat for this team, a guy that Jameis Winston is able to look at and be able to do a little bit of everything, obviously, still without Michael Thomas. And by the way, that is something that you want to be taking a look at with the Saints. How good they're going to be once they do wind up getting Michael Thomas back in the fold. But I was highlighting this Saints defense a little bit earlier. absolutely love what you're getting up front from guys like Cameron Jordan. Company Marcus Davenport is someone that I still remember they wound up trading up 
in the draft a few years ago to be able to get. And Quan Alexander is someone that was held out towards the beginning part of the year. He makes this defense all the better as well. He is now back at the fold, so I think that that's going to make it all the more difficult for the Buccaneers to be able to move the ball. I think that this is going to be a game in which, even though the Buccaneers are a little bit more oriented with regards to being able to be a high-scoring team, Take a look at this total between 49 and a, 49 and 48 and a half. And I take a look at the under. It wound up opening up at 50 and a half. We've seen it shaded down a little bit more ever since then. I still like the under in this spot. I do think that this is going to be a good spot in which you wind up seeing more like a 20 to 17. Maybe you wind up seeing something like a 24 to 21 style game. So I take a look at the Saints. Don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off outright, but we wind up seeing them both win both of their regular season games against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. They were really able to sneak up on them early in that opening game. Don't know if we're going to quite get that, but at the same time, I do think that the Saints are going to be able to play them tough. So, going to be taking a look at the points here, and I'm taking a look at an under. Taking a look at this game as well. It's going to be very intriguing to handicap the Indianapolis Colts moving forward. They're going to be playing also a Tennessee Titans team that they were coming off an absolutely tremendous performance last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. As it stands right now, the Colts find themselves as anywhere between two and a half and three point favorites. And your total on this game, it has shifted up. It was beginning the week more around a 49. Now you're finding it more between a 50 and a half and a 51. And I take a look at this and I do feel like it's a little bit of undue respect for the Indianapolis Colts. I really love the way that Derek King Henry has been able to just pound the ball in general. And for the Titans, I feel like year in and year out, we always disrespect this team a little bit too much. I recognize that the defense isn't as good as it wound up showing through last week, but I felt like it was a matter of time before things would wind up meshing with this group. I know that they wound up investing that first-round pick a few years ago in Jeffrey Simmons. They were a little bit unsure of how he'd be able to recover from injury. It seems like he's starting to become the guy that they were hoping that he would be. I take a look at guys like Kevin Bard in the secondary, and they're starting to do a much better job as well. And then I take a look at Carson Wentz, and he's just a guy that I've soured on year in and year out. I thought that maybe him coming over to Indianapolis, being reunited with Reich and company, was going to be able to help him out. It certainly has been a little bit better recently, but there's still a lot of questions with this team. Jonathan Taylor, no doubt, has been able to do a very solid job, but this is a game that I'm going to be hitting upon a little bit more on the other side, but I do like the Tennessee Titans being able to go on the road, be able to get a nice win, despite the fact that you've got a Colts team that they've been able to do a relatively solid job as well. Also needs to give you guys a little bit on World Series Game 5 as well. We're going to be doing that next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience, right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the Olympics. Exactly. He's gonna guard, and then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came out from crying tears, <laughs> crying. Tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check out the current betting splits data. This feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every single game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline, over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every single game at vsin.com as it is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience. From here, we're going to be going into Point Spread Sunday within the next few hours. Femi Obabefe and company are going to have you in great hands taking a look at all these games on this NFL Sunday. Diving into other things as well, like the World Series. I'll be giving you guys my handicap of Game 5 of the World Series. As of right now, been refreshing Twitter like a madman, but we have not seen a starting pitcher announced yet for the Atlanta Braves, but I'll give you a little bit there. But got it us up we were ta- what we were talking about with regards to this. Colts versus Titans game, and mentioned it before the break. I do like the Colts on the money line. I take a look at this Colts defense, and it's relatively rock solid, but a lot of these guys, they haven't necessarily been able to play the way that you're used to them. Darius Leonard has had a little bit of a rough year for this team. I still remember when he was, in a lot of people's opinions, overpicked during the 2018 draft, really bursted onto the scene, hasn't necessarily been able to duplicate that recently. Now, you've got a Colts team that they're coming off of back-to-back wins, but the San Francisco Giants quarterbacking situation, that's in all sorts of gym disarray with Jimmy G being banged up in the game last week and still trotting out there. And then the other game that they wanted playing two weeks ago, that was the Houston Texans. And, well, the Houston Texans is pretty much a free space 
for AFC teams other than the Jacksonville Jaguars as well, which I wound up going through them a little bit earlier in the hour. Not a lot of faith there, but I also feel like we do wind up diminishing Ryan Tannehill a little bit more than we should. This is someone that, ever since he wound up getting to Tennessee, has legitimately been a top-10 quarterback. When you just take a look at the numbers and the numbers only, I don't know if I would necessarily put him in that light, but he's been able to do a great job with this team. Obviously, when you wind up having Derrick Henry at your disposal as well, that helps. He's been dealing with a couple of his wide receivers, especially in that game against the Jets, in which you wind up just having that entire receiving core depleted. So he's been dealing with a little bit of this and that, but by and large, I do like what he provides for this team, and I do think that the Titans should be able to get it done on the money line. And if you're taking a look at the money line, shifting gears a little bit, I do like that of the Houston Astros, and I do think that they are going to be able to get back to Minute Maid Park. Wound up seeing the Atlanta Braves get the job done 3-2 to two in Game 4 on Saturday night. So now they lead the series by kind of 3-1. to one. And I do think that the Astros are going to be able to are going to be up against it to be able to win the World Series. But what I'm going to be giving out for the New York Post on this Sunday is going to be the Houston Astros on the money line. They do have a guy in front, Rivaldez, that's going that has a road ERA that is significantly better than his home ERA. A 270 ERA whenever he cup whenever he is away from Houston. Meanwhile, at home, it's more like a 440. And with Valdez, right around 1.25 home runs per nine innings surrendered whenever he has been in Houston. On the road, that's more like a .7. And we've seen it from this Atlanta Braves team in general. They do have a lot of guys that they're rock solid top to bottom. In game one, you did have all nine starters wind up getting at least a hit in the game, but they also combined for 12 strikeouts. Even in the win that they were able to get in game four, 11 punchouts. Meanwhile, this is a Houston Astros lineup in which Going into Game 3 of the World Series, in the month of October, they had played 15 games in 13 of them. They had scored 5-plus runs. They've scored a combined 2 in the last two games. And I attribute this a little bit more to outliers than anything else because if you take a look at the Astros, they aren't necessarily striking out a lot. Only 7 punch-outs in the loss that they wound up suffering on Saturday. They wind up going 0-8 with men in scoring positions, surrounding 11 men on base. So they had their opportunities. They just weren't able to cash in in general. You do give a little bit of credit to Brian Sicker for putting his guys in a little bit of an opportunity to win. At the same time, you've got to give him a little bit of a deficit in the fact that he just didn't wind up starting Kyle Wright in general. The fact that he wound up going with Dylan Lee to be able to start that game. It was a little bit befuddling. It was a great story because it was the first career start for Dylan Lee, everything like that. But I mean, it's still one of these things in which you want to be able to get W's, not necessarily warm the heart. I mean, as Callis says, it sounds we're here to make money, and that wasn't necessarily a money-making decision up until you wound up pulling them as quickly as he did. But I do think that the Astros are going to be able to bounce back in. You just notice it with the Astros in general. You've got a lot of guys that they're just playing below what you'd expect from them. You've got Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman, along Carlos Correa, all in a buck 43 or worse. I think that this is going to turn around. And for Alvarez, even though he's only hitting a 0.91, he's still been finding way on base with a 4.12 on base percentage. I think that one of those was due to an error, but he's been able to do a good job of still giving competitive at-bats. And with the Astros in general, they were able to draw five walks in that loss that they wound up taking last night as well. So I take a look at this spot with the Atlanta Braves with the way that they've had to go to their bullpen. Tyler Mazik has been used in back-to-back days. Luke Jackson is someone that they're relying upon to give them a lot in general as well. I do think that this is a total that's going to go over because even with the Astros, they've had to dive quite deep into their bullpen as well. Ryan Presley wound up throwing 33 pitches on Saturday. So 
He is not going to be able to come back in this one. And the Braves in general, they've got a solid lineup. They wound up being towards the top of the National League when it came to all home runs on a per-game basis as well. You wound up seeing them in the seventh inning on Saturday be able to get home runs out of both Danes v. Swanson along with Corday Solaire. And you take a look past that, I mean, those guys are good mashers. You've got a guy in Eddie Rosario who wound up having 14 hits in that NLCS against the L.A. Dodgers. He wound up having a very impactful double in the game yesterday as well. So he's been able to do it all postseason long. He's been absolutely terrific. Freddie Freeman along with Austin Riley. Both of these guys are in the regular season. If for a 300, both of these guys right around 30-plus home runs. And you take a look at it. Both of these guys I do expect to be right around like the top five with regards to MVP. I don't think either of the guys are going to win it because unfortunately they wind up canceling each other out. And then you've seen Travis Ayer now wind up having a little bit of a bad at bat yesterday with men in scoring position, but he's already got a pair of home runs in this World Series. So I take a look at this total at an eight and a half as we're seeing on the open. And I do like it over. And I think that the Astros are going to be able to get enough out of Fran Valdez. I really think that when it comes to the Astros starters, He's the only guy that's really able to provide a lot of length if this does wind up being a game six. And I think that we're going to get a game six. Jose Urtikiti still have some question marks with him, but I think that the Astros should be able to do just enough to be able to get the W here, force this thing back to Minute Maid. And I think that we're going to be in for a six or seven game World Series, just like the way that it should be. And the way that it should be is talking all about football on this NFL Sunday. And got to hit one more game before we wind up getting out of here and make way for just everything that we're going to be seeing on this tremendous NFL Sunday from all the great shows over here on the Vegas Sats and Information Network. That would be the 49ers and the Chicago Bears game. As right now you're finding the 49ers pretty much across the board now as four-point favorites. And you're finding this with the lowest total on the board. Anywhere between a 39.5 and a 40 and... I take a look at it, and I've soured quite a bit on the 49ers. I wound up having very high hopes for them coming into the season, but I take a look at Matt Nagy and company, and I can't have a whole lot of faith in these guys either. It's just one of these teams, these situations in which I recognize that the total is low, but I don't necessarily know who winds up getting to 20 points in this spot. I mean, with the San Francisco 49ers, you expected a lot more out of the ground game. Now, you've had a lot of injuries that have caused for the ground game between both Lance and Jimmy G, regardless of who's been able to be under center based on the given week, do be able to help this team out. But you take a look at the Bears as well. Not a team that necessarily elicits a lot of confidence. Now, I will say what you've been able to get from some of the understudies of Montgomery, who's been out with an injury, has been solid. Khalil Herbert has been able to do a serviceable job of being able to carry the rock for this team. You've got Damian Williams, who it felt like a few years ago, all he did was find the end zone. But take a look at Justin Fields, and I think that he's a solid quarterback. I just think that he's getting bad coaching in general. That's what winds up happening with a lot of these rookies, these younger guys that you expect back to boom, and they just don't wind up doing so in general. It's not necessarily them. It's not necessarily the fact that they don't have talent. It's the fact that the guys coaching them are not necessarily that great, and we're certainly seeing that. And then what else is big for the Bears is the fact that they're just dealing with so many injuries along that defense as well. Khalil Mack is going to be out, and that just really caused me to be off the Bears in general in this spot. Akeem Hicks has been dealing with a little bit of an ailment. And for the 49ers, with all the disarray that they've been in when it comes to the offense, this is still a really good defense that I think is going to be able to just swarm Justin Fields, which is why I do like this total over. Now, you're going to be without D Ford once again in this one, but you've got so many guys in the secondary that I think are going to be able to 
are going to be able to hold up. I think that they're going to make life miserable in general for any of these wide receivers who, for the Bears, are not necessarily that, that great to be able to get separation. And what else I think is going to be big for this 49ers team is just the complement of wide receivers that you've got in general for the duel of Jimmy G along Trey Lance because, I mean, both of these guys are banged up. But I take a look at Debo Samuel. I think that he's going to be able to do a good job against the secondary of the Bears. It's relatively good, but I think that they're going to be able to get just enough separation to be able to get the win and the cover. I look at this under, and I take a look at the 49ers being able to get it done. And hopefully we get it done here on the Greg Peterson Experience. We've got you covered all day throughout this NFL Sunday right here on VEASAN. The Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.